Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTrainingCommunity.com. We're going to go quite deep on football today, um, so if you're not interested in football trading, then you might just want to switch off now. Um, but what I really want to do is talk about the beginning of a season and the end of a season and how I trade at those times, kind of something that's developed for me and progressed over the last year or so where I've really, really started paying more attention to the time of year in terms of the success I'm having on certain football strategies. Um, so, I mean, interestingly, this year, um, we had a strategy on under 2.5 goals. It was doing really well up until April. And then it just collapsed, basically, from April onwards. And one of the big things that happened was that we found that the Euro League's goals started going in more and more at that time of year as they got close to the end of the season. Now, the interesting thing is, this is a clear trend, and someone shared some statistics on this, where you saw that the goals increased in the European leagues from April onwards as they got towards the end of the season. Now, the obvious kind of thought is, well, clearly, this is a trend that can't be ignored. This is clearly something that happens. And also, it clearly shows that teams will go for it a little bit more towards the end of a season. And... Um, and also that what is expected of teams changes. Um, the predictability perhaps changes. Maybe it's predictable in the sense that we can predict there will be more goals. But in terms of what we would generally expect throughout the kind of season, once a few games have been played, the predictability ch has changed in this regard. So it's definitely something I think that you need to be aware of, you need to think about, you need to look at in your trading. Now, what I'll say to kind of preface this is that there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? I always say this with trading. You can have success trading at the start of the season and at the end of the season, okay? People do. Some of our longest traders, some of our best traders, they do that. They do well from that. That's good, right? Any way you make money from trading is a good thing. It's not never something I'm going to, you know, say, oh, no, because I don't do that myself, you should never do that. No, what I do is I give advice based on my experience, based on what's happened to me, and I try and help others. And if other people are making money in a different way and still doing well, then that is a great thing. You know, there's nothing I want more than people to make money trading on Betfair. It's funny because obviously, you know, the more you get to learn about Betfair, the more you realize the market, the actual traders like us in the market, we're actually quite a low number, you know, because really the money that comes in is from bookmakers and things like that laying off bets. Um, so essentially, uh, it, it doesn't make a difference. And I've noticed this over the years, no matter how much I share, no matter how much I share my strategies, I share my best things. It doesn't make a difference to the market. It doesn't make a difference to the odds because ultimately, us traders, we are not a big factor in Betfair trading and any trader out there is not a big factor. No trader makes trades and then the market goes or, or the bookies go, oh, we better slash our odds. That trader's got on and that. Um, the only thing that slashes odds really is volume of money and even then, it kind of usually will deflect back up to where it was uh, within amount of time. So I remember seeing what 
I mean, it's rumoured to be professional footballers back in the day who just lump, you know, 40, 50 grand in on something quickly. And it would all get snapped up and the price would go back to pretty much where it was. So it would come in when that volume of money was thrown into the market. It would affect the market at that time. But it would soon bounce back to reality because these markets kind of make a decision on where they're at and they stick with it. And that's what I like about Betfair trading is that I know that because of the stubbornness of trading markets, when they get prices wrong, they're very, very slow to correct that. And often, especially if you're, let's say, you're just doing set and forget betting pre-match and before the event, you're placing a bet. Often, that value will be there up until kickoff. It's, these things don't change drastically. Um, the only time odds really change drastically is in play when things are going on themselves. So... It's a really interesting one to think about here. So with the Premier League season, you know, having just kicked off recently, it's an interesting thing to think about in terms of, well, actually, there's not been many games played. Do I start trading yet? Now, my answer to this would be no. From my perspective, my answer would be no. I'm waiting till 10 games are played, then I'll be interested. I think people struggle with this concept. I think people struggle with it because it means you're missing out quite a large chunk of the season. Um, you know, so let's say there's there's close to 40 games in the Premier League. You're cutting out 25% of the season by waiting 10 games. I don't have a problem with that. I've always been a quality over quantity type of trader. You show me quality, you show me value, you show me something that I can research, that I can have faith in, that's what I'll trade. If you can't show me all of those things, I'm not going to trade it because I need a certain confidence. I think sometimes as well, you have to remember that from my perspective, this is how I make a living, right? Betfair trading is my life. It's my livelihood. Now, if you're not making a living from Betfair trading, you've just started out, I think you're not as focused necessarily on going I want the optimal optimal time to trade I just want to trade you know when you're new to it I just want to trade I'll just start trading at the start of the season who cares now again this could work for people so it might even be a case of try it out see how it goes you know paper trade it see how it works for you for me I just don't like it so I cut those games out but my real consideration, that's kind of always been a set and forget thing. That's fine. Just wait 10 games. And the thing is, because of how many leagues overlap, I've pr I've always got something to trade on football. Um, there's always something going on, uh, you know, and I'm not I'm not anti trading leagues in other countries and in Asia and in South America. Although we'll talk a little bit about South America to do with this towards the end of this uh, podcast. But what I find is that with Betfair trading, it's it's becoming apparent that I really need to look to, at the end of the season when I should stop trading a league. And I usually, for years, I did it two games before the end. I didn't trade anything. And from about five games towards the end, I didn't trade any games where the teams didn't have anything to play for. Which, to be fair, when there's five games left, it's pretty rare that both teams don't have anything to play for. Um... But even if one doesn't, I kind of lose interest because it's changed the motivation. It's changed the scenario. It's changed the situation. The data I'm using to select my trades was looking at games where the teams were motivated. Now, 
I'm using that data and applying it to a match where a team might not be motivated. That's a problem, right? Because one of the things, one of the really important things with data is the validity of it, okay? And it's really easy to apply data to something that is not the same thing, you know? So in that scenario, if I've been tracking data that's looking at motivated teams and now I'm applying that data to teams that aren't motivated and thinking it will have the same results, it won't. You know, that's just mathematics. And I said we're going to go a little bit deep today. So sorry, if hopefully this isn't over your head. I'm trying to explain this as clearly as I can. But the validity of data is the key and the reason that I do all of this and at the start and end of leagues. So I'm getting towards a point now where I'm starting to think maybe I need to think, yeah, when there's five games to go, that's when I'm going to leave it. That's when I'm going to call it a day on that league. Now, that might seem quite extreme to most of you. And you might be thinking, wow, that's uh, so you've got 15 games of the season. So in a 38-game season, right, I'm missing close to 40% of the games I will not be trading. Close to 40%. So if you're one of those people who cannot fathom trading outside of the Premier League or Europe, you might struggle to do that because you might go well I'm only going to be able to trade between you know November and April that's not a lot of trading in the year that's why it's important I think to incorporate other leagues you know like Asia Australia South America USA whichever leagues work for my strategy I will trade them to an extent you know okay Estonia places like that I'm not going to trade but if there's enough liquidity to get my bets match I will be trading and there's a lot of leagues around the world that are worth trading in that regard um so again 40% of the season I'm not probably going to be trading and I think this is the right decision I think validity of data is paramount to me as a trader and my trading style is all based around statistics um it's interesting, isn't it? Because some people, I've I've had people say to me, oh, I, I don't like using statistics. And I always think, well, they're the bedrock of everything. So even if you just use them to back up what you're looking at or to just have a second viewpoint of a trade you might be looking to make, they're the bedrock of everything in life. Mathematics, statistics, it's the bedrock. Your house was built based on using statistics, mathematics, end of right everything that you see out there pretty much was built that way right everything that companies do is based around statistics feedback surveys you know x y and z everything pretty much everything in your life has something to do with statistics okay mathematics you know using those kinds of things so it's really interesting, isn't it, that you can't say, I don't think you can say, well, I don't like using statistics. I think you have to say statistics are a key part of life. So that's why I use statistics. But what it helps me with is removing bias. So what I've found is that some people will come up with trades and then they're like, oh, actually, I quite want to trade that or I like the look of that trade. And you're like, okay what stats have you used to look at that and it's like 
Oh, well, I used this stat, look. So if you look at this stat, this shows, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, what did the rest of the statistics say, though, from that game? They're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, oh, or I ignored them. So what we'll often do is we'll have an opinion on something and we'll try and find statistics to back it up. And then we'll just use that as the reasoning. And we'll kind of ignore the stuff that doesn't fit our narrative, that doesn't fit our bias. So, you know, let's say I want to back Man United. I might go, wow, they won their last game. I'll go, look at that statistic. They won their last game. 2-1 against Liverpool, one of the best teams in the country. I'd be ignoring all the other statistics from before that, where they'd lost their last two games to Brentford and Brighton. Right? So this is the thing. It's like, you've, I, what I love about using the stats, and especially like the stats software at betfairtradingcommunity.com, is that there's no bias. The, the computer models have no bias. I put in my selection criteria, and they tell me the games that qualify. They don't go, oh, well, hang on, yeah, I quite fancy this one today. Or they don't go, oh, well, you know, what about, uh, what about this? They just show me point blank. That is a selection for your strategy. It's up to you if you trade it or not, but that is the selection. That's mathematical. That's statistical. There's no bias from me. I'm not trying to overthink anything. I'm not trying to underthink anything. You know, this is what's good about using software. It's kind of what's essential, I think, about using software because I think this is why we see so many people on BetfairTradingCommunity.com having such success now is because so many people have kind of adopted this approach and that's why they're able to create these strategies, run with them, work with them, test them, and then go, okay, I can see this works. I can see why this works. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to trust in it, you know, Um and I think sometimes, uh, let's say even if you've got a strategy where you're getting thrown up loads of selections, there's ways of narrowing those down. So one of the best ways is an odds filter. A lot of people don't use odds filters. I think it's really important. You will narrow your selections. Well, not only will you narrow your selections, you'll actually end up finding the best value selections when you remove the lower odds or the odds that don't necessarily work for this system. So it's worth testing, it's worth looking at what odds ranges work. And that's the thing, right? Statistically, we know that certain odds ranges on certain systems work better than others. The horse racing software is the perfect example of this, where if you run a strategy in a horse racing software, you can actually choose the exact odds you run your back testing through. And you could check, and your strategy might not be profitable. And you might go, oh, that's a shame. And then you go, well, hang on, what if I'm only laying horses between odds of 2.0 and 4.0? Rerun the strategy and you go, wow, that's actually really profitable. So um, that's a really good thing as well. If, if you are struggling with a strategy or a system, have a look at the odds. Even if you're just forward testing on the football software, have a look at the odds and go, OK, hang on. So the odds are suggesting this, um, that actually this would be more profitable or this would work well. Now, obviously, you need a certain amount of data for that, but it's really interesting as a concept, right? And I think it's really important to look at all that stuff when you're trading. Um, so regarding the beginning and end of season, the kind of thing I'm going to finish on here is, is one of the peculiar leagues. Well, not leagues, because a few of them, league setups that we see in South America. 
I really, really loathe these setups. In a lot of South American leagues, like Chile, Bolivia, Peru, um, I think they do it in Argentina. I don't think they do it in Brazil, from what I remember. I need to have another refresh, actually, on which leagues use it. But it's basically the they have a starting stage and a closing stage to their league. The first, basically, two halves. But they kind of form two competitions for the full league season. It's kind of weird. So, you know, you could win the first stage, but really you're only halfway through your season. But then a totally different team could win the second stage and they could have less points, but they still win that stage overall. But they still win that stage because it doesn't include the first stage. And then they'd have a full league table that includes both. You know, so... I mean, I guess it's a maybe it's a nice way to crown more champions and winners or whatever. But it's it's absolutely ridiculous in terms of trading because, you know, you get to a stage where you're like, okay, so I've waited. I mean, let's say the game has 17 games. A lot of these leagues have, you know, quite small leagues. Let's say you only have 17 games for half a season. Well, if you wait the first 10 games, you've then got seven possible games left to trade. Now... Do you trade those next seven games as if they're part of the full season? Or do you only trade two matches and then look at the last five games and go, well, they're coming towards the you know the close of the first stage, so I don't want to trade that time. That's the kind of conundrum I'm stuck with at the moment. I'm looking at certain strategies with this as well. And I'll probably make my decision based on how the strategies perform and go. But I think there are going to be, because there's some where I look at Bolivia and it's coming to the close in the first stage and suddenly getting bizarre results on a league that's normally really consistent for a certain strategy and it's so easy to look at it and go do you know i can see what the what the issue potentially is here that they're coming to the closing of the first stage um and it's not something I, i'd worry too much about i guess i'd kind of ignored it before but it's definitely something i want to look at because i do feel like there is something in some of these leagues where they do come to the close of the first stage and things change a bit. And you think, well, they shouldn't really when you think about it because ultimately what they're doing is they're competing in the full league season. So everything that happens towards the end of the first stage will still have an impact overall, even if they're not playing for anything you know, in that first stage table. But it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, I remember the old kind of stereotype of Stoke and West Brom used to go on their holidays under Pulis you know, with about five, six games left. And I feel like we do see that effect and that impact on football. And it's important not to ignore it, right? It's important to look at your data and see what your data tells you. You know, are you better off trading at the start of the league? Are you better off trading at the ends of it or not? Because I've got so many strategies, leagues and setups that overlap. I'm not too worried about letting a lot of the season pass me by and trading in that real core where I think there's a value it's a value time to trade and when you can actually you know heavily rely on data and go wow that data is strong and it shows us you know effectively what might happen here so yeah that's how I trade the beginning and end of seasons I think it's really important to know that like I say there's more than one way to skin a cat and if you're having success a different way then by all means, carry on with that. 
hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. I know we've gone a little bit deeper here, but I think it's good to do that sometimes, right? Because I know a lot of my podcasts, I'm trying to appeal to everyone, but sometimes I want to really appeal deeply to those who are really pushing to become part of the elite and become a pro. Um, And most importantly, make some money trading on Betfair this week.